Hello and welcome to Movies on the Side. This is Stephen Robles. And this is Nate Baranowski. And today we are reviewing the 2023 movie Barbie, starring Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, Will Ferrell. I didn't even know he was in this movie until I started watching. Host of other characters. Nate, I texted you after watching this movie. I did not do the movie theater thing. I did not do Barbie Heimer. Oppenbarbie. Mm. Have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No, I want to see it. It's three. Nate. Oppenheimer is three hours. <laughs> I know. I'm going to have to vid angel it because it's rated R. I don't know. I have not seen it yet. I've not invested the time. I want to see it. You have not either, I assume. No, I haven't. Are we allowed to say, can we say what's different about this episode than last? Uh, yes. Is that okay? Yes. Okay, I, just, I, just I had a second check. of going, what is different? What is different? We're in the same. <laughs> what is, so uh, what is different? our faithful listeners might have noticed we missed a, our every other week schedule. Uh, but that is because Nate has a second child. He has two children now. I have a baby girl now. Baby girl. And so congratulations. I just want to say on air. So it makes movies like Barbie oh, e- hit, hit me even harder. You have a daughter now. That I is have a right. daughter now. By the right. way, we started recording this podcast before I had any kids. And now I have two. Wow. So that is wild. Mott's is my first child, I guess, <laughs> if you think about it. <laughs> Actually, now that I think about it, no, wait a minute. We've been doing this podcast for, it's going to be six years. Almost six years. Coming up next year. So my daughter was born That's correct. before we started, which that time doesn't even make sense to me. I don't even understand. Anyway. Movies on the side is your fourth child. Movies on the side. And we're going till 2049. So we have a solid, uh, however many years that is, 20. So anyway, I sorry for missing anyway, last sorry, week. terrible. It's, it's, and... but Nate has a child. And so, but anyway, we reviewed Barbie. Uh, so I've, I had wanted to see this. I rented it last night and then I texted you mm-hmm. uh, right after I finished the movie. I love this movie. <laughs> I, find, I find this to be a very good movie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Skipper. Hi, Barbie. I want to say Greta Gerwig. Mm-hmm. Greta Gerwig is the writer of this movie, the director and an executive producer on this movie. I listened to her interview on the Smartless podcast, which yes. I will link yes. in the episode description. Did you listen to that episode too? No. No. <laughs> you should listen but to I, it. I listened yes. to it before watching this movie. So like I kind of had like that tangentially off to the side, uh-huh. but I was ready. And and this is one of these movies, which we've talked about Zeitgeist before. Like I feel like there is not a more Zeitgeisty Buzzy movie. Buzzy movie. Marvel, the MCU is in a nosedive, just <laughs> right into the ground. But Gre- where, when the MCU crumbles, Greta Gerwig rises. Well, like a phoenix from the ashes. Well, there's no ashes. I mean, she has a great career. But this movie in particular, it was like the buzz. I saw pictures of like families and their daughters dressing up, like in different barbers, like going to this movie when it was in theaters. It was like a movie theater thing. Huge thing. And I also heard like, you know, we're connected to different uh, segments of uh, the uh, population. And there was a segment that was like, really didn't like this movie. Grumbly, grumbly, grumbly. Grumbly, <laughs> grumbly, grumbly, yeah. grumbly about this movie. And so I was like, oh, like, I don't know what's going to be in it. But listen, I just have to say right off the bat, when it comes to, like, I've seen recent movies. Right. I, that's, a, that's Like, I've seen movies recently. <laughs> okay. Let's our and bo- TV shows. Get our bony fee days out. <laughs> and I've, I've seen movies. I've, I've seen movies. The writing, Greta Gerwig's writing for this mm. movie Mm-hmm. reminded me what good writing is mm-hmm. about because mm-hmm. so many movies recently has not had good writing. I know we had all strike and all that, but like Greta Gerwig's writing the lines of this movie, the way she weaves humor and actually talks about like big topics and makes you laugh. It's just amazing. Yes. It was awesome. I don't know the word for it, but I'm conscious, but it's myself that I'm conscious of. 
So anyway, that was like kind of just my high level view. Nate, did you, I know you saw this recently. What, what was your thoughts? I did. So Jill went and saw this movie in theaters with a, oh. a bunch of co-residents from the hospital. They all went together and watched it like ladies night. She loved it. Uh-huh. She said, I'm excited for you to see it. I think you are going to love it too. I have been waiting because for whatever reason, maybe because it's buzzy, yeah, yeah, yeah. the time before it was able to be rented felt really, really long. <laughs> yeah, it was like, buy it like every other movie's <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, do you want to yeah. buy it for 30? And I, yeah. I was contemplating, maybe we're going to buy this movie. Right. But I waited for it to come out in rental. I too loved it. And I think that it is refreshingly original. Yes. Which is what a lot of movies can't currently say. It feels like it took an, an IP of yes. Mattel's Barbie and yes. actually had uh, an original goofy story to tell yes. instead of just being like so like tied to maybe handcuffed by a fandom perhaps. Right. I'm right. actually, I want to talk about this. I'm actually surprised that in a lot of ways Mattel was like, yeah, thumbs up on this. Right. Cool. Greta. <laughs> and then I like what you just said though, like so many proper, like intellectual properties for nostalgia boost, like tries to be redone. Sometimes just full on ma- movies are, are redone in today's context. And like, it's not good. Like, it's just not good. It's not like a transformative use of the intellectual property. Transformative. <laughs> sure. Autobots roll out something. <laughs> uh, but this but this was just like amazing. And also, so I, I was watching this with Whitney last night. Another huge props, pun intended, to like the props and sets of this movie. No like, kidding. Like, like, as we were watching, Whitney was like, oh, I had that like toy. She also said like Hollywood hair Barbie was like early on in the movie. And when he was like, I had that one, like the amount of nostalgia injected was so that these, you know, people who had Barbies when they were younger could be like, I had that, like that was mine. Right. And also like the actual history that they plug into this movie, for instance, the pregnant Barbie, which like the movie teases like, oh yeah, Mattel discontinued that. And I immediately like have to search was this a real thing? For sure. For sure it was. 1963, there was a Barbie called Midge and she was pregnant and Mattel discontinued it because wow. it was too weird. And I was like, this is amazing. Like it's using the intellectual property in a fun and inventive way, throwing in these like Easter eggs that if you look it up, you'll find, oh shoot, like that was real. Right. And Midge was Barbie's pregnant friend. Well, let's not show Mitch, actually. She was discontinued by Mattel because a pregnant doll is just too weird. Anyway. Also, the creator of Barbie, who passed away in 2002, Ruth Handler. That was the real, that was not the woman in the movie. Her tax but that, evasion was real. Tax, everything was so, it was so good. Like I, I, like, I was laughing the whole time, and I loved everything, like, about it. So, I, I don't know, where, where do we want to go from Yeah, this? here's because what I want to start with. The, the set, the very large oh, set. So good. Although it's meant to be fakey fakey, the amount of real props and real things that they built for this, like a real right. slide she goes down, yes. it actually makes it feel more grounded right. than a really CG heavy thing. I felt like this Barbie world felt more real to me than the quantum realm. <laughs> Well, because it was real, because it was actual, it was actual things, actual props, right. with actual, actual like cool uh, clothing, like mimicking the original so, like clothing setup. Yes, I think what I want to start with the actors in this movie. Oh goodness, because I I have both a positive and a little negative here. Oh, I think Margot Robbie is perfect in this role. Every once in a while. I maybe heard a little bit of an Australian uh, yeah, 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 yeah. slip coming you have a out. Brit, you have a Brit slip. So what is it? Is it an Aussie slip? Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Every once in a while, there's something about the like her down the nose, middle America, American accent here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That every once in a while, it was like, hmm? 
but like yeah. overall like her demeanor and setup she is truly like a heroine to follow in there like i i thought like yes great casting i've got to talk to somebody in charge everything is backwards here men look at me like i'm an object girls hate me everyone thinks i'm crazy and i keep getting arrested you need to step this way ma'am i also just learned to cry first i got one tear and then i got a whole bunch but here's something i'm not sure if i loved ryan gosling whoa now no and here's why here's why oh I, I liked him just fine until Jill said this to me. I think this part would have been better with Ryan Reynolds. And that really hurt me because I thought he was great. But now that I want Ryan Reynolds in it, now I feel like, oh, oh, yeah, I do want that. No, I won't let you do just one appendectomy. But I'm a man. But not a doctor. Please? No. Can I talk to a doctor? You are talking to a doctor. Can you get me a coffee? No. And I need a clicky pen? No. And a white coat? No. And a sharp thing? No. Here, here, okay, I hear you. I love Ryan Reynolds. I mean, no question yes. there. Yes. Absolutely. But Ryan Reynolds, he's Ryan Reynolds in every role. Mm. Like Deadpool, he is basically the same character as in Free Guy. And the same one in that uh, whatever Adam Project Netflix original and whatever. Like he's great. I want to see him in every in a lot of things. Okay, okay. but he is Ryan. Reynolds, and I feel like you're convincing. If me. he was Ken, it would have been like Ryan Reynolds. And I almost feel like you might have rooted for him a little more. Too much, maybe subconsciously, mm. because you need you need to like not like certain aspects of Ken in order for the payoff to make sense at the end. And I feel like Ryan Reynolds, it would have been like. Not that Ryan Gosling didn't do well, like, but Ryan Reynolds would have been too good, maybe too funny, too good as Ryan Reynolds as Ken. <laughs> then okay, and also Ryan Gosling. I mean, I think he looks the part. He's he's a very good looking. Person, <laughs> I just have to say. I mean, they take they take full advantage of that too. Okay, okay, anyway, no, yeah. okay. all right. In that case, yeah, I think well I think done. I think it was I think Ryan. I really like Ryan Gosling. I also feel like we can talk about the specifics, but like once he discovers quote unquote the, the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Once I, I'm doing patriarchy. I have to like, again, some of these lines, like for, for those who have not seen the movie, right? Ken and Barbie have lived in the Barbie land, like this imagine, not imaginary world. It's supposedly a real world in this movie. Mm -hmm. They lived in Barbie land and then Ken and Barbie moved to the real world and their eyes are opened to like real human world stuff. Right. And Ken sees being in the real world they're like oh men rule everything and men right. are the best and like patriarchy immediately associated with good things like falls into like horses he loves horses and i love that whole bit him, is, him saying at first i thought i mean when i found out it wasn't just about riding horses i kind of lost <laughs> he says, when i found out the patriarchy wasn't about i loved that line i love that line to be honest when i found out the patriarchy wasn't about horses i lost interest anyway that's okay Someone in the real world early on asks him the time. And like, this is such a like funny line, but I felt it was kind of deep. When they go back to Barbie land and Ken like takes over and makes it Ken land, he tells Barbie, someone asked me for the time. And basically like I felt respected. Uh -huh. Like I felt like looked up to. And like, that's so deep, like that idea. And then also he reveals that he now wears three watches because someone <laughs> asked him for the time. When I walked down the street, people respected me just for who I am. One lady, she even asked me for the time. No way. Way. <laughs> That's so good. And so I feel like in all those moments, like Ryan Gosling totally killed it. And yeah. I feel like, yeah, he was good. I would tell you my, those aren't even my top two favorite castings. Uh, obviously, I'm Ryan Gosling wasn't my favorite because I kept thinking about Ryan Reynolds. But Kate McKinnon. 
as so Weird Barbie. So good. Steals every single scene that she is in. Yes. She's so she real. She is amazing. She's amazing. What is that? A cellulite. That's going to spread what? everywhere. And then you're going to start getting sad and mushy and complicated. No! And then I think America Ferreira as the mom was also perfect in her role of like having enough kind of beaten down but at the same time like this like she's supposed to be like the nostalgia lens for like i grew up with barbie yes and now like i'm conflicted i totally agree there's a moment where she does this monologue the first time i have it up to barbie are we gonna play some of it i'm gonna have to pull clips because this movie is too like you have to hear these things but when she's giving that monologue for the first time a amazing performance wise the writing is amazing but also in that moment it felt to me and not in a bad way like it felt in a good way like a theater performance like it felt like she Mm -hmm. was on stage delivering this monologue to a live audience clear out everybody yeah and i was like she literally commanded the room in that moment and i'm not even in that room (laughs) like that's on a screen right and she still commanded the room and then like looking at the movie as a whole there is music and you could say there are like musical elements like margot robbie doesn't really sing a ballad or a solo ken has a song but it's kind of like a more dance song number but i also loved the music just on a side note like i really enjoyed the music throughout uh but that moment it made me feel even more like pulled into like a theater feel Mm -hmm. and i really liked it i liked it like Mm. it somehow managed to create that i'm watching her perform on a stage and she's like delivering this engaging monologue and i can't take my my eyes or ears off the mom doing this thing like right awesome when america Ferreira was approached by Greta to be in this movie. Mm. One of her pitches was, I have this monologue. This is supposed to be like part of the heart of the movie. And I picture you being the one to say this. This is like, this has to land. And America Ferreira said like, it was very like, almost stressful of like, hey, I got to like, this is so powerful. This needs to really like hit. She said she recorded it 30 to 50 times straight through. Like that was how many takes they took to like, we need to get this right. And if we, if you have a clip right now, you can play part of it. It's pretty cool. Actually, when Jill came home after watching the movie in theaters, she said, there's a monologue in here that is amazing. And I'm going to have to find it on YouTube of somebody like recording this in the theaters. This is like still while it's in theaters. And sure enough, I found some shaky footage of it or whatever. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Here's a little bit of it. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane, but if you point that out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood, but always stand out and always be grateful. It's so good. I also love when the Barbies are now like trying to retake Barbie land and they're distracting Mm -hmm. the men and like they play into like the men's worst tendencies. Right. And I love this, this one moment (laughs) where the, one of the guys watching the Godfather and a Barbie comes over and he's like, can you start the movie over and just talk through the whole thing and explain it to me? Like that is so cold. And so right. Another one was like, can you play guitar at me for like four hours? (laughs) The Godfather. I've never seen it. Oh my God, you've never seen The Godfather? This movie is a rich blend of Coppola's aesthetic genius and a triumph to Robert Evans and the architecture of the 70s studio system. Can you start the movie over and just talk through the whole thing? You have- Again, it's funny. I think in a in an approachable way. It's what satire is supposed to do. I feel like it is important to say, and I just want to say it here before I forget, like if you watch this movie and you feel like it was just down on men the whole time, I do feel like it 
it weaves in like this is where both typical men and women might struggle. Like, and there's a line when I believe it's America Ferreira says, like, we just try to make people like us all the time. And like, that is a trait that maybe we should rethink and try to do that differently. It might feel more like they're onto the Kens and like maybe it's because they're more comedic effect or whatever. And then in the monologue, describing things of like, hey, this is where like society has kind of pushed us and we start doing that's not healthy for either of us. So, hey, let's like try to rethink how we approach life in these different ways that can be more health, can not have to fit in this box or whatever. And, And I feel like if you can watch it from a I don't know like if you can approach this movie from a I'm not going to be offended place like just watch the movie listen to all the lines I think it it does a good job of like both sides I think that's something for those who would feel offended at some point in time during this we have not reiterated this enough the goofiest of satires like this has Will Ferrell running around like (laughs) we're in full slapstick mode this yeah. is like this is like Zoolander, Napoleon Dynamite kind of level goofy yeah, yeah. at all times. Right. That I would say that you should probably look look kind of beneath that offense of going like, well, what is it about this right. that is is kind of poking at you or whatever? Right. Because I, I do want to get to that, like kind of the themes of it right. a little bit later in the episode. But I want to say this because Greta says this in an, I believe it's an interview with The Atlantic. She says, when America was giving her beautiful speech, now this is on set, I was just sobbing. And then I looked around and I realized everybody's crying on the set. The men are crying too because they have their own speech they feel they can't ever give, mm. you know? And they have their own twin tightrope, which is also painful. Mm. And I think that's something that like looking beneath it, like this is specifically, you know, for women about like basically how patriarchy has in a lot of ways hurt women. She acknowledges on the other side, it's not this movie, but there's another movie. And even in this movie, sometimes the insecurities of men were the things that brought about their terrible treatment and saying like, hey, this is not because men have their own issues and out of those issues come the, you know, yeah. the Ryan Gosling, uh, you know, being a jerk. <laughs> and maybe this is moral of the story corner that you have to figure out who you are outside of being dependent on other people in order to be secure enough and safe enough. I, I found this like towards the end of the movie, like they're trying, they're starting to resolve things. And Ken is like, I'm nothing without you. Like right. uh, the only thing I live for is for you to look it's at Barbie me. and it's Ken. Barbie and Ken and Barbie. Margot Robbie says like it's Barbie and it's Ken. Right. And it's just this simple thing. And, and even one of the other Ken's down on the street says we were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. Ken is me. Ken is me. Ken is me. <laughs> yeah. We were only fighting because we didn't know who we were. And it's just such a poignant moment, like a realization for everyone. And Barbie too, like she thought she was stereotypical Barbie. And if she was not that, she didn't know what to do. She didn't know who she was. And just like Ken, without (laughs) Barbie's attention, he didn't know what he was or what he was supposed to do. And it's, I think, just so poignant for both sides. Again, just pointing it out so delicately, honestly, like I do think it like she does it delicately because it's so wrapped in humor and like approachableness that it helps you understand it and even like what ken is then wearing after that he has a jacket that says knuff <laughs> like like k enough knuff yes and it's like yeah that's that's the deal and i and i do love just one other like both sides moment early in the movie ken asks, i thought i might stay over tonight why because we're girlfriend boyfriend to do what i'm actually not sure 
oh, but I don't want you here. And this is my dream house. It's Barbie's dream house. It's not Ken's dream house, right? <laughs> right, as always. And it's girls' night. Every night. Forever. Every night. Forever and ever. And you see that Ken's downtrodden and walks away. And then when Ken's take over Barbie land, Ken says the same thing back to Barbie. Like, this is my Mojo Dojo Casa house. It's not Barbie's Mojo Dojo Casa house. How's that feel? It is not fun, is it? Mojo Dojo Casa House. Mojo Dojo Casa House. Hilarious. And I think the movie, it's an undertone. It doesn't tell you explicitly. You have to pay attention. But it's basically saying like both of those things were not great. Right. Both Barbie's approach and Ken's approach. Like those were both not ideal. And in the end, Barbie says like maybe it doesn't have to be girls night every night. Right. She says the line, like she gives you another clue of like, hey, look, this is the moral underneath. We're not going to hit you over the head with it. But if you pay close enough attention, like you can get it. Right. And I thought that was genius. I thought it was great. Yeah. I thought the, for moral of the story, I thought the way that she wraps satire and the way she wraps these themes in candy coating that you like bite into going like, wow, that's very funny. And then afterwards kind of hits you a little bit more. Some of the things that stood out to me was just like how, what they noticed when they went to the real world. And I thought like some several lines of her saying like, don't these looks have like an undertone of violence to them? (laughs) And Ken's like, I don't experience that at all. And she's like, I definitely do. Right. And there's no undertone of violence. Mine very much has an undertone of violence. Site. That's meant to be like a laugh, but really like then you start thinking about it, especially from our perspective of going like depending on especially on what I'm wearing or how I look, I never feel unsafe. Right. Because, you know, I'm I'm a guy. And then there was another line where uh Will Farrell at the end was like, Yep, we have learned our lesson entirely, and I will like remain fully, definitely still be the CEO after this. And it's this idea of like, yes, we are going to say that like we've learned a lot, but I am not giving up power in this organization. Right. But thanks to the Barbies, I too can now relieve myself of this heavy existential burden while holding on to the very real title of CEO. Very, very good. And the the whole like this kind of pretending to be an empowering company and yet like it's just a room full of men all inside of this place is just like right. And like I think, that kind of thing by itself. Yeah. And they don't resolve it. Right. Like at the end, she doesn't become the CEO of Mattel or whatever. Right. And that's the beautiful thing about this movie is that it doesn't wrap it up nicely in a like everything's fixed sort of thing they even said this which i thought was brilliant so we're supposed to look at barbie land as the mirror of our world right so like women are basically in control and here's the thing even at the women in barbie land are literally the best they're just like they're kind they're great the only thing they experience is like yeah of course women run this and the men are just here as like side like they don't view them negatively they just don't view them as very important at all and even at that most like benevolent we're supposed to be like wait that doesn't seem sort of fair and then you reverse it to the real world and go like 
they say this line at the very end. One guy asks like, well, can I be on in the government somehow? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, maybe. Lower uh, court. Maybe you can. Lower court judicial rank. Lower court sort of thing. And then there's a narrator who I believe is Helen Mirren who comes in and says like, but maybe a lower circuit court judgeship. We accept, as long as we can wear robes. Well, the Kens have to start somewhere. And one day, the Kens will have as much power and influence in Barbie land as women have in the real world. <laughs> and you immediately okay. go like, oh, okay, so a man's never going to be president in Barbie land sort of thing, or like hasn't been to this point. Because it right. makes you think like, oh yeah, it's not fair in the real world. Right. And, but by having it flipped, it's meant to make you think about that in a way of going, oh, if roles were reversed, it wouldn't seem fair. I thought that was brilliant. It is brilliant. I feel like if there is anyone even open to their mind being open to like what this movie is addressing, this movie will do it. This is probably the strongest medicine that you can wrap in as much candy as possible. (laughs) And if anyone is open to it, like hopefully they could see it. And I know there's also like a portion of people who would still just walk away from this movie mad and just like not appreciate it for what it is. And I think that- Which if you walk away from Barbie mad- you were you walked into Barbie mad when uh, yeah true I also love like in that in that final scene when uh, America Ferrera is like why can't we just have like a stay at home Barbie that just wears sweatpants and it's just like fine being themselves and Will Ferrell's like no we're not doing that and then one of the guys behind them is like actually that'll make us a ton of money Will Ferrell's like we're doing it yes she just has a flattering top and she wants to get through the day feeling kind of good about herself that's a terrible idea yeah that's going to make money oh. Uh, ordinary Barbie, I love it. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, great. Ah, right. Like again, motivate. What is the motivation? Like I don't know. I, right. I, it just it raises so many good questions. I asked Jill about like what her experience, like what her thoughts were, mm. and she said she really liked how it leaned into the dissonance of Barbie, and that is in a lot of ways, Barbie, just like the daughter said, was kind of destructive for a lot of women's like Mm -hmm. body image for what it was it was not helpful and it could kind of play into the pitfalls of patriarchy Mm -hmm. and yet there were also elements of barbie where she really could do anything she could be a pilot and be in government and do these things. And in some, in those ways, it was very empowering. And Jill also mentioned, like, it was kind of cool growing up that, like, Barbie didn't need Ken. And that was almost flew in the face of maybe what, you know, whenever Barbie came out, whatever the world said that women needed a man with Mm -hmm. them. And the fact that Barbie didn't, that Ken was just like, he's around to have, like, you can play like you have, a boyfriend or whatever, he wasn't required. And I think that she said there's a dissonance there between Barbie as good for women and Barbie as bad for women. And this movie presents them both at the, you know, it presents, this is not, Mattel is not a a benevolent, altruistic company. It's just a company (laughs) trying to make money. Don't, Don't look to them to get your moral compass. I did find as far as, weird parts i found it strange where barbie and the creator of barbie had this like ethereal white listen like cloud moments I of do, like is this death i do is have this some doll death i have some questions uh, one i love when ken put on two pairs of sunglasses i loved that moment so <laughs> apparently good. that was improvised <laughs> so good <laughs> this is so good and just like the big tra- and honestly like just who i am like there are 
honestly like many elements of like hyper masculine culture that just i roll my eyes at yeah and, like the massive truck just like sitting on the side of the road of barbie land i was like so good like, you heard my i drive a kia soul then building a wall near the side of the road be like once oh, they figure so out how to build it sideways <laughs> and not just up so we're done good. for so good but i do have a question here's a little spoiler for the end so the actor playing Ruth Handler, who created Barbie, again, Ruth Handler, the person actually died in 2002. So there's an actor playing Ruth Handler, the creator of Barbie, mm-hmm. basically gives Barbie the option to become a real human at the end. Right. And she accepts that. Mm-hmm. I have many questions about it. But number one, if you are an adult Barbie that is now a human being in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. do you start out with like some money? Like, do you get like a job from Ruth Handler right away? Uh, uh, what do you do there? Like, is she living with uh, America I Ferreira and her daughter? I feel like <laughs> Will Ferrell and mm. the board of Mattel's got to start you off with some money. I think maybe they're contractually obligated. They I think obligated. mostly, even if it's hush money of like, hey, don't sure, tell people sure, that sure. you're a doll come to life. Right, right. Okay, yeah. Which, so, by the way... Do you remember? Oh man, I'm gonna not gonna I'm gonna butcher this. Someone out there is screaming at their microphone. There was a Tyra Banks movie where she was a doll who came to life. I want to oh. say it was Life Size. Oh, it sounds familiar. I don't remember it though. Somewhere out there, someone's screaming this. Comment on social media. <laughs> okay, what the about movie what is. that movie? I'm not there was a Tyra Banks yeah, as a full size doll coming to the real world before. So I got some of those vibes. I'm going to have to play a ton of clips of this movie throughout. Uh, but, but honestly, like, let's rate this movie. Okay. Uh, on, on a scale of zero to five. Oh, so many good things. What was that? Was mm-hmm. it the mink coat? Ken's mink coat? Yes. <laughs> yes. Zero to five mink coats. I, I feel like I need to temper my, my rating because I, I don't, I don't know. What, what do you think? Can you go first? I don't know what to do. Yeah, I'm going to give this movie a solid four. Solid four. That's where I was leaning. Okay. And, and here's the thing. Yeah. I would recommend it for almost anybody. I will give this caveat. If you are someone who does not enjoy goofiness or silliness, I think that's maybe the one element other than maybe like, other than, I guess we'll call it Walshian uh, worldview. I think other than that very extreme side, I think the only thing that may not jive with people is it's very silly. Silly. It's very like you got to unplug, unmoor yourself Mm. from reality and just be okay with goofiness on screen. Because some people are not okay with like a level of goofiness that just pulls them out of it. Sure. So other than that, I recommend for everyone. I think it's a solid four. I think this will be a... In another year, I think I'm going to watch it again. Yes. And by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, I asked Jill. She gave it a four and a half out of five. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to give it a four out of five. That That's where I was leaning. Also, uh, full disclosure, we really wanted to have ladies on this episode talking about Barbie. We felt like it would have made sense. <laughs> we and did. Also, if no, this all <laughs> sounds ironic in a cruel sort <laughs> of way. Maybe even bordering on hypocritical. Two guys. We wanted yes. our wives on this episode, but as mentioned before, Nate just had a baby. My whole family is sick. <laughs> so like, And Stephen just got a snake. Yeah, that's a big that's a big commitment. You have to listen to our bonus episode if you want the full story on the snake. Uh, but but we really wanted to do that, and, and maybe you know maybe we can still do that. Kind of have like a redo Redux episode uh, to hear their opinions. But I, I really enjoy. I thought it was very funny. 
again, the writing, it was refreshing to actually like see good writing on screen. Good writing. I, I think it was cast extremely well. I, it was really fun. And so the zeitgeist was was correct. I hyped this movie up and I, I really enjoyed it. So if you enjoyed this movie or if you did not, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Instagram post when it goes up at movies on the side. And you can also support the show at patreon.com slash movies on the side or directly in Apple Podcasts. We have bonus episodes every time we release a movie review. And today, yes, we talked about uh, my snake, my family snake and shoplifting. Very uh, <laughs> seems unrelated. We did not shoplift the snake, uh, but those are the two topics we discussed. It seems today. unrelated because it is. <laughs> because it is. Uh, but our bonus episodes are getting longer and longer. I think we went for like 45 minutes uh, earlier. So they're good, they're good episodes. Check those out. But as we always say, you have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's, it's too, too hard. hard. It's, it's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. <laughs> <laughs>